We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on Road of His Overtime, co-host of the Student Bananas podcast with Ben Gretsch, and one of the co-owners at Road of His. So, Sean, we drafted against 11 of the audience, the Road of His listeners. We've had a lot of people reach out to look to draft along with us. This was the second league. We're going to have more of these over the coming weeks and heading into the NFL season. So, looking forward to doing some of the Superflex tournaments, some of the regular tournament a lot of fun but sean as always the listeners really put us up to us in this draft yet again yeah i mean it's it's so much fun drafting with the listeners and they take a a variety of different approaches it's cool to see some of the the twists and turns we chronicled how eric out of the 11 spot actually took christian mccaffrey travis kelsey saquon barkley and joe mixon to start the draft then got the value with Jalen Waddle there at the 5'11", and made it work. Got four quarterbacks who should score some points for him. Went more or less hyper-fragile from that point on. Only drafted one more running back that was Samir White, a player we had been discussing in round 19. You look through here, you see four teams that started QBQB. We've discussed, and I wrote an article about how that has been a successful start historically you can find that in the roster construction explorer we had three tight ends go in the second round including kyle pitts early we really like that pitts is someone we've been uh, drafting as often as possible didn't really have much hope that he would realistically come back to us at the end of round nine uh but to, to see how the listeners are executing these drafts has just been so much fun and then it also gives us a little bit of freedom to do crazy things because we know the listener league drafts are going to be crazy if you're drafting in a more normal draft setting you know what's going to work based on the rce you know what's going to work based on your own experience drafting you know it's going to work based on the logic and the structure that you can work through in a variety of different ways on the site the win the flex tool obviously up and updated that just uh, a resource that gives you so much actionable information as you go out and attack 
different formats. So we have all of this experience. We have all of this information. If you're in a normal draft, you have to attack it in a way that, you, you know, more or less that you know what's going to work. That doesn't mean you can't be creative or have fun with it, but it's going to probably within these lines. I think in the listener league drafts, the lines are all rubbed away. Yeah, I think so. And just when you were mentioning about lines rubbed away, I was just looking at the painting behind you, Sean, with the lines going in different directions, different brush strokes. And that's what I was thinking. Just, uh, you know, the adaptability before we started this review, I messaged into the, the chat for this league to say, you know, it was a challenging draft and it was a lot of fun. And that is truly when we're up against the, road of his community the road of his overtime listeners it is a challenge because they are right on the ball with the the draft strategies and pinning things together so we are going to review the draft you touched on a couple of pieces there but sean i think the right place to start is with our team but i want to give a shout out to the drafters we had daniel zach nick we had the barn burners we had matt patty edgar ryan ourselves gryffindor eric and aj so thanks to everyone who jumped in to the draft Looking at our roster, Sean, we go with Jalen Hurts in the first round, Justin Jefferson, Derek Henry, T. Higgins, Brees Hall. Then we go with Hawkinson, Devontae Smith, Drake London, Baker Mayfield, Sky Moore, Marcus Mariota, Fant, Christian Watson, Isaiah Spiller, Terrion Davis-Price, Trey McBride, Chris Evans, Jarek McKinnon. So that was four running backs in that five-pick stretch. And then we finish out with Taekwon Thornton and Geno Smith. So looking back at it, we have four quarterbacks, three tight ends, we have six running backs, and then that leaves us with the remaining seven wide receivers. So when we look back, Sean, the one question I was going to have when I was looking at it is, we take Derrick Henry, we take Brees Hall, who we obviously were drafting Brees Hall this year. We really love everything about him coming into the NFL and his prospect profile. We know what Derrick Henry done last year. That was, even I mentioned it when we were on the clock, we haven't drafted him, I don't think, together ever. So it was one that we could slot in based on him falling a little bit in this draft but in hindsight with how things played out do you think with some of the potential running back picks we may have been able to take later but because of the quarterback situation we may still have had to pass on those options do you think taking a wide receiver at the Derrick Henry pick and then taking running backs maybe at let's say the the kind of Sky Moore range the Christian Watson range would be something that we would do in hindsight or, or how do you feel about this roster overall um, now that we've finished it all up? No, I, I absolutely love the way that it worked out. Being able to draft Derek Henry and not lose T Higgins. That was, that was the, the dream. that I was, yeah, that was the dream. That was what I was most concerned about. Would we lose him? We know that his ADP is a little bit later, but he's going to be a very coveted asset in a listener league draft and then to be able to select Brees Hall and come back with T.J. Hawkinson. We know we have to get the elite tight end in there at some point. If we pass on Hawkinson, then we're in a lot of trouble. You mentioned the Henry and Higgins picks. I mean, the only other way that we could have gone there, I think, would be to have taken Higgins in the third round and then taken either George Kittle or Darren Waller in the fourth round. One of the reasons that we've been drafting Hawkinson at the discount to those guys is simply that Kittle and Waller now have a lot of tar target competition. Waller's going to be dealing with Devontae Adams, George Kittle dealing with multiple guys, plus a change in the offense. It's such a difficult choice when you're looking at Kittle and Waller. They're also at more advanced ages as well because there are a lot of red flags, and yet there are just such a limited number of players who can do what they can do on a full season, but also a per game basis when you look at that individual game upside and you're trying to win a tournament 
to pass on them is tough. And then as you go through, it, it continues to be difficult, right? Because then where do you catch up? So we pick Hawkinson, but if you don't, you say, see there in round seven, before it gets back to us, Goddard and Zach Ertz come off the board. We take Devontae Smith and Drake London. I think very good values at that spot. Passing on players like Dawson Knox and Pat Fryermuth, and there are reasons there. If you look at Dawson Knox, his peripherals, you pull up the Stealing Signals tool, you'll see that the targets per route, the route percentages, those elements don't really work for the price. Now, could he add to those numbers? He definitely could, and then that would make a difference, especially if he's able to generate a high touchdown percentage, something that's very possible within the context of a Buffalo Bills offense that we would expect to be one of the highest scoring in the NFL. But a lot of those things are priced in, and a lot of the floor is not. With Fryermuth, you have the competition from three potentially good wide receivers. You have the, all these dump-offs to Najee Harris where you have a little bit of overlap since Fryermuth was not a deep depth of target guy last year. You have the quarterback situation. And so, again, it's not that those are bad picks, but the prices are going to be tricky all the way through in any type of FFPC draft at the tight end position because the guys who do hit – that premium element and the fact that they're viable, especially in best ball where you don't have to make the starting decisions, they're viable in these flex spots as well. Makes it just such an interesting dynamic, but a difficult one. You have Cole Komet, somebody we like, but in the ninth round, you have Albert O and Mike Kosicki in the 10th round, both of them facing a lot of target competition. We like them there with the elite athleticism they bring to the table. But again, it's tricky. Er Smith in 11, we take Noah Fant in 12, and he's someone who, you know, if you're interested in that decision, we talked a lot about during the show. I think that the tight end part is always so interesting here in Superflex because you can lose track of it as you're trying to make sure that you hit those QBs. But that is really the other position that everything hinges upon. I like how it worked out for us here. We'll see what Hawkinson does. But I think that having Henry and Hall early allowed us the flexibility to hit on those wide receivers, to take the discount QBs, and then to really vacuum up our guys late. One of the things that happens a little bit in this listener league is that you know that you're going to have an emphasis on wide receivers. And even with that, when the group kind of knows our guys, I guess I was surprised to be able to get Isaiah Spiller and Tyrion Davis-Price where we did. I, I think it played out very nicely. Yeah, I think overall... I just wanted to see your thoughts on that early part, but I think no matter what way we played it, we're going to have to try and get that tight end. And it worked out perfectly for us to get Hawkinson. And then that allowed us then to, you know, I talk a lot about getting your first elite tight end and then the options that open up in that second window. And Fant has been a consistent target for us. Everett has been a consistent target. So to get Hawkinson and Fant sets us up there, I think it's worked out really well. We won't go through every roster specifically, but the other one, Sean, was the 111 that I touched on during it. We drafted in the previous listener league from the 111. They start off with Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon. You kind of touched on this a moment ago, but they do what we talk about is get those three running backs and hold off. So they finish with a four running back build, that last one coming in the 19th round. Tight ends, then they did Kravis Kelsey, as I mentioned, in the second round. They get Hunter Henry in the 12th round. They get Tommy Tremble in the 20th round. And they filled it up then with, you know, you'll say interesting quarterbacks, but they have Mac Jones, Davis Mills, Carson Wentz, and Mitchell Trubisky. You'd imagine they're going to be able to pitch through enough games there with those guys. Then Jalen Waddle, Hunter Renfro, Christian Kirk, Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, Corey Davis, Jalen Tolbert, John Menchie, and Curtis Samuel. 
looking at the roster, Sean, I do think obviously there's questions around quarterbacks, but how do you feel, even though they have held off with the running back position, how do you feel overall about the wide receivers that they've ended up with on that roster? Do you think there is enough firepower at the, the wide receiver position? Well, there might be more exposure here to teams that we have some concerns about how many points they can legitimately score. There's a lot of exposure to Houston. You have some exposure to Dallas Cowboy wide receivers who are a little bit further down in the pecking order. Now, the Cowboys, we would expect to score a lot, but you have the Christian Kirk pick there with him and the Jaguars. You have Corey Davis there as possibly a pretty deep backup with the Jets. You have Curtis Samuel coming back around with Carson Wentz. So you have Washington exposure. For me, this ceiling isn't exactly what I would be looking for. And yet, one of the things we mentioned during the course of the shows is that if you get some teams wrong from a team level perspective, if Washington is better, if the Jets are better, if Houston is better than the community is expecting, then you end up getting very good prices because the overall offensive volume and or the overall scoring level for the team is so different that the prices then don't reflect that and you have a lot of upside relative to price one of the things here we're looking at as well is you know what are the talent level of these guys in terms of christian kirk in terms of a Corey davis in terms of a michael gallup in terms of a john mechie you know in terms of a curtis samuel are those guys who have the talent that if things break their way on a team level are they likely to be the drivers of it obviously eric is betting on that and i think that it's smart to do it in that direction with some of those players all pointing the same way once you have davis mills once you have carson wentz it makes sense to do that i would be surprised if those play out but then again that is the way that you end up winning is you hit on some scenarios that surprise a lot of other people there is some other uh, my can well i would just say wide receivers it could be some challenges but some other interesting teams sean i'll pick one here then i'll get you to jump back in with some of your thoughts but i think overall a lot of teams here have gone with pretty good con- the, the the actual draft pattern will be slightly different but the overall construction based on the players that they have drafted uh, is quite interesting then so daniel in spot one goes for a relative, I guess we could say, kind of hero RB builders, Josh Allen and Austin Eckler, CD Lamb, Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman, Gabriel Davis, Marquise Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Trey Lon Burks, James Cook, Chris Olave, Gerald Leverett, Naheem Hines, Austin Hooper, Jameson Crowder, Gus Williams, or Gus Edwards, sorry, J- Jamal Williams. Then we have John o. Smith, OJ Howard, and Drew Locke. So he's betting against us with that Seahawks quarterback position. So he gets one of our favorite kind of secondary tight end options in Gerald Everett with Austin Hooper, Johnny Smith, and OJ Howard. So has four tight ends. I think there'll be enough to get through there. So the position here that we're probably looking at most is going to be the quarterback build and the running backs. We have Austin Eckler, James Cook, Naheem Hines, Gus Edwards, and Jamal Williams. Based on that build, I think they may be short one to two running backs overall how do you feel about the running backs and that the the wide receivers obviously are are pretty well stacked there and then we have josh allen we have matt ryan so we're set as our starting super flex options but then when we get into a situation where if drew lock i guess or we could have geno smith but there could be a shortage at, at quarterback then as well yeah this is an interesting team because you mentioned sort of the running back and tight end dynamic 
one of the things that we're looking to do with the builds is to probably only leave ourselves short at one position and then your kind of outside scenarios that you are counting on to make that position that you're weak at work and then everything else plays together and you have this dominant team if you start to get in a situation where two positions are weak now we need to we're kind of stacking low probability outcomes that have to work so from that perspective i i think it is a little bit trickier you also have an element here where and it's fairly colts heavy at I do find it interesting where the Colts are going. This is probably one that I'll be incorrect on, but as you look at these QBs and you look at the weapons that a Jared Goff will have, perhaps by contrast, that a Mac Jones who had a nice rookie season will have, that you look even at a Zach Wilson, what he will have. You look at the rushing upside of a Daniel Jones and a Ryan Tannehill, I'm a little bit surprised to see where Matt Ryan, someone who's not going to add value with the legs and who's the quarterback for a team that has Jonathan Taylor and will likely have the offense built around him. His ADP is maybe confusing to me in some ways. Now it does obviously bounce back and forth because you and I were able to take him in the 16th round of a non-C-reflex draft that we did recently. So there are certainly drafts in which the group is selling. In this case, you have, I think, the decision to go with Matt Ryan at the term because Michael Pittman is still available there at wide receiver 13. Pittman is someone expected to take a leap by the community. You had mentioned DJ Moore during the draft and his elevation with getting a real QB there. I think it still surprises me a little bit to see Pittman there ahead of guys like DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Jalen Waddell, Mike Williams, in part because, you know, Mike Williams tied to Justin Herbert. You have Jalen Waddell as this potential mega breakout. You have Cortland Sutton now tied with Russell Wilson. You have DJ Moore as probably a much better player. And yet Michael Pittman, a guy who did some nice things last season, he does look like he'll be a red zone threat. And the Colts may not really have anything beyond him. And so if we're looking at a, a player who in his third year could take a leap, could end up with you know, this 30 to 32% target share. And when you're looking at the very top guys, I, there is this big tier break between the players who are around 30% and then the rest of the elite receivers who maybe have some encouraging air yard peripherals. Uh, you know, they're scoring a lot of points, they're catching passes, but they're more in that 25, 26% range. You might see something from Michael Pittman like that the competition between him and then I think the uncertainty about will Alec Pierce, who has a very sort of Christian Watson-esque profile, is he actually going to be someone who plays a role? Is all of the sort of smoke around Paris Campbell, is he somebody who takes a role? If those guys carve out real roles, it'll be very difficult for Michael Pittman to pay off. But it does make sense here to see with Matt Ryan, who actually is below ADP at the 412. He's, he's going earlier than that. If you still have Michael Pittman there when you're drafting, you can easily understand why that selection was made in tandem. Yeah, and I know he's taking James Cook a little bit later, and I know there was comments coming in in the chat that people were very happy to pull the rug out from under us on uh, Devin Singletary. <laughs> but uh, we do see Hopkins and Burks go back-to-back on that 8-9 turn. I think we could go Burks and Singletary there, but then obviously maybe Cook says his preferred target over uh, Singletary, I think might have helped with the overall bill because then in that next round, there's some interesting wide receiver options as well. But Sean, 
one team I want to hit you with, and then I'll let you pick the next team. But the team selecting in number three, I did touch on it for their start during the draft. That was Nick with Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. Follows that up with DeAndre Swift, who then in the sixth round, he pairs with J.K. Dobbins. He gets Devin Singletary. He gets Rashad Penny. He gets Eno Benjamin, who we talked about. Really strong uh, five kind of pack there for the running back position. I guess Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, obviously, at quarterback he does add sam howell in the 20th round as well with that but wide receivers then are aj brown dj moore darnell mooney tim patrick dj chark mccall hardman Devontae parker nico collins kj hamler tight ends and are pat fairmouth who you mentioned a little bit there a moment ago and then mike gasicki i mentioned during the draft and then daniel bellinger added in in the 19th round that roster to me looks pretty stacked we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It does, and it gives you a little bit of a feel, too, for situations in which you can kind of discount ADP because more or less all of these players are well above where they've been going and yet they're the clear picks right justin fields with lamar jackson that gives you a ton of flexibility because you don't necessarily need to stack in the wide receivers those qbs can score very large numbers of points without necessarily drawing a wide receiver with them and i think in some cases you actually want to go without so that you have that edge on teams that maybe are trying to go with the wide receiver when you didn't need to have it but you look at, at fields he's drafted about a half round early you look at swift he's drafted about a half round early you look at brown he's drafted uh, not quite a half round early you look at dj moore now his adp obviously will shift with the baker mayfield signing trade but he's drafted early and yet drafting the players who are actually at adp there would be a losing proposition or at least that's what we think. These are all Rotoviz overtime approved players. So to see them go in this draft a little bit early and to one team, it just makes up a team that we really like. 
he selected Devin Singletary in round nine. We do like that pick, but I do want to throw out that Devin Singletary, James Cook, I think that you want to split those guys. I think that you want to have them 60-40, maybe 65-35. I don't think that you want to be empty on James Cook. And I like him in this format. One of the things that has surprised me a little bit, at least based on how the team has described the roles, is that there's less of a gap between these two players in half PPR than there probably should be based on how that scoring system works in a full PPR system like this. I think that it, it makes a lot of sense. If you can get James Cook at the 10-12 when Singletary goes at the 9-03, I think you've got to be pretty excited about that difference. One of the things, even with Cook having some red flags as a prospect, because he is fast, because he's a potential highlight player, and because he's on a team where that's a good fit. I mean, some of the teams just don't are not high-flying, and maybe a smaller guy is not going to be as effective one of the things we've discussed with zero RB from the beginning. And one of the things I talked about in 2013, kind of stemming back to 2008 and that five, six year window when I had a lot of success playing these guys before it was talked about a ton. Again, not that there were other people drafting in a similar way, but the small running backs, even if maybe the scoring didn't have the exact same expectation, the difference between where they were going in drafts and what their scoring outcomes could be was so vast that you can make a lot of money by playing the small backs. I think that is still true, even if it's not to the same extent. One of the things that we talk about some in terms of Blair's research with the wrong read, something that I wrote about back at the very beginning too with Pro Football Focus was just that you would have this advantage if you targeted players who are really good before contact because everyone wanted to overpay for the backs who are really good after contact. That dynamic still exists. You can still profit from it. It's not to say that we think that the other backs aren't good or aren't even elite, but you're trying to find the gap between what someone is likely to do, what the different scenarios are, and what you have to pay for it. Cook is an interesting player this year. I mean, I love Devin Singletary so much that I still obviously draft him a ton, but I just want to continue to emphasize the fact in all of our shows that I think James Cook has a very real chance to be the 2022 league winner. No, I'm very much on board with that, Sean, as well. I do think you need to split them, but... I think I'm going to be overexposed to Devin Singletary this year as well. Uh, I'll let you go now. We're not going to, we'll cover one more team as we break down the overall teams. We've had a good few of them here, but Sean, I'll let you take the last one. Which team is standing out to you uh, as, as interesting here? They're, they're all very interesting, but just something that stands out straight away. Well, we mentioned that there were four teams that did start with the QBQB approach. I think it's interesting. You had talked about how AJ out of 12 had Tom Brady and then was loading up on some bucks. We have Patty out of the sixth slot who's able to get Joe Burrow. Goes on the Raiders. Right. And so then you have Derek Carr and goes on this Raiders binge with Devontae Adams. A very good pick. I mean, if you're a believer in Derek Carr, you think Devontae Adams has scored some points this year. And then you have Darren Waller as well. As you think through like the very top upside plays for some of these teams i think that you kind of would like to see the quarterback and an individual receiver on that team be concentrated as you look to the very final week maybe you don't want to split between Devonte adams and darren waller the flip side of that is that you can have individual players pull you up maybe one pulls you through week 16 the other one wins it for you in week 17 we know that you're going to get some good coverage as long as the team plays well but you've made that bet with Derek carr you're going to get some good coverage with throughout the course of the season i'm someone who's betting on the raiders i've actually found the prices rising to 
the point where I don't maybe have as much exposure to Las Vegas as I might have expected a month ago. But that's a, a very fun start, a very fun team. Uh, this is a, a team that did take only one other quarterback in Jacoby Brissett in round 14. Some other players there in terms of Alvin Kamara, who may have a suspension, Antonio Gibson, who may have some of the issues that we discussed on the show in terms of how they relate to Brian Robinson. Miles Sanders has talked about how he thinks that he's on an all-star team this year with the Eagles. We've yet to kind of see how that will play out at the running back position. Does he think that Kenneth Gainwell is an all-star? He's talked about how he wants the ball more, and yet there's some risk that he gets the ball less. But we want to look here at uh, Patty Seaman, give him the full congratulations for taking Will Fuller late. We love that. He's got Hayden Hurst, who goes back with his Joe Burrow pick. But Colin, before we sort of leave the draft, we want to thank everybody for participating. And you can see from the names here, and you can see from the comments in the chat, and also from your interactions with the listeners on social media, that you know we have teams from Ireland, we have teams from the UK, which obviously some overlap there. <laughs> we have teams from Australia. We have teams in all different time zones here in the US. To have this be a, a truly international draft and to have, I think, uh, largely because of you and, and what a great job you've done with the show and how you've made it such an international show and, and have that appeal to obviously the Irish, but also people from all over the world. That's been a lot of fun for me and to, to get questions and to hear insights and to get anecdotes and uh, to be able to share with people you know outside of of where you are we, we talk on the show a lot uh, when we make recommendations for for tv and books and movies and all that kind of thing uh, how much fun it is to check out international content and you know we're not all in the position where you know you can go jet setting around the world all the time to be able to have some experiences even if they're you know through the internet and if they're you know a level removed through books TV shows, what have you, uh, to be able to just experience this worldwide type of perspective and, and interact with people all over the place. It, it means a lot to me. And I, I think it's, I just think it's really cool. So wanted to, to mention that and to say thank you to you for, I think, being the catalyst for so much of, of the way this has worked out. Well, I won't take too much credit. I think it's a, a very much a team effort. People are here for the road of his content. And it is amazing. Uh, one of my favorite things is when we and those emails come in and people have started now to say listening from such and place different place different place so yeah to have some people dotted all over the the world is a, a huge amount of fun it's one of the the big joys i do take from um you know the community itself is it's not just in one place it's it's all throughout so yeah a lot of fun doing this draft we're going to have more and more over the next couple of weeks we're going to keep buying me and sean have got that draft itch and it's great just to to build it into the community aspect of it as well and to to make some shows that hopefully people are finding interesting when we're talking about a wide range of players as you've seen here we have also drafted derrick henry we hadn't talked a lot about derrick henry sean this year but he is on our roster so really fun show if you are not yet signed up to rotaviz for an nfl pass you can save yourself 10 percent as a loyal podcast listener use the code rv radio 2022 at checkout That'll give you a 10% discount and give you access to all of the content and tools. We will be doing some shows in the coming weeks where we kind of tease some of the 
potential Sean's you know priority list to there was a few people emailed Sean this week looking who's on Sean's uh, priority list when's it coming out uh, so there's a lot of excitement around that that content the zero RB watch list and so on all that stuff will be up on rotaviz.com so make sure you get signed up get your rotaviz NFL pass that code once again is RV radio 2022 for a 10% discount my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at over to Marley. My co-host is Sean Siegel. You can check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. Thank you for tuning in to this review. Maybe you haven't heard the actual drafts. They have already been released on the Rotoviz Overtime podcast feed. Go back, listen to them, hear us discuss pick by pick why we made those selections, which ones we agreed on, which ones we may have disagreed on, and how it all played out. But super fun draft. Thank you for tuning in. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>